Welcome to the Zen Habits Podcast, where we dive into how to work with uncertainty, resistance, and fear around our meaningful work. This is for anyone who wants to create an impact in the world and cares deeply enough to do the work. I'm your host, Leo Babauta, creator of the Zen Habits blog. Okay, welcome everybody. I'm Leo and I'm here with Dave Mitchell, uh, who came on to get a little bit of coaching. And so we're going to dive in. Uh, but uh, by way of introduction, um, Dave, you are looking to create music. And we can talk a little bit more about what that is. Um, but it isn't your main profession. Uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you do as a day job. Sure. And I, I just want to say thank you, Leo, for having me uh, in this conversation. I really appreciate that. Um, I am a psychologist by training, and um, I live in a very rural part of uh, Nebraska. And so I kind of have two jobs. I work mm. at a psychiatric hospital where I'm an administrator. And so I sit in a lot of meetings all day, which is like the antithesis of creation at, <laughs> at times. And um and then I also uh, uh, see people uh, for therapy and, and assessments mm -hmm. in this office I'm in right now. And so in neither of those roles do I do any music stuff whatsoever. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, got it. So it's a very different thing than what you do during the day. Um, and is music um, like something you've always been passionate about? Is it something you've done in the past or is it a new thing? It's definitely not new. Um, you know, uh, I've started in band when I was in fifth grade and I mm -hmm. played, uh, my, my main instrument was drums throughout my whole life up until today. Um, and then along the way I picked up some guitar and other things. And, um, I'm probably like some other people where I did a lot of music stuff all the way through school in college mm -hmm. and then kind of got out of school and all these things I used to do for fun started to kind of fall by the wayside a little bit. Sure. Um, and, uh, and so I've tried to um, make some space to do music things over the years to varying degrees of success, but it's definitely nothing new. It's something I've enjoyed for a really long time. Okay, cool. So, uh, what sparked, like, uh, tell us what you're trying to create now. Like what, what are you trying to do and what sparked it? Sure. So I guess what I'm trying to create now is, um, I'm going to use the word album. Uh, basically I want to mm -hmm. put a few songs together and, um, record and, um, uh, mix the, the music and, put it out on, uh, on the streaming services. Um, not mm -hmm. because I anticipate I'll make any money off it, but, um, uh, just to have like some proof that this is a thing I worked on and accomplished and, mm. and now it's out there in the world. And so that's what I'm trying to do. It's not going to be, um, three hours long. It's just going to be four or five songs put together um, okay. And then I'd like to put them out into the world. And uh, what sparked you to like go from like, I'm, uh, you know, therapizing people. No, I'm just kidding. Like, I don't know what the actual term is, but I'm, I'm <laughs> uh, uh, working with people to like, now I want to put an album out into the world. 
Um, I think I've always been kind of a solitary musician. Um, when I was growing up, I was, I have three much older sisters. So when I was growing up, I was basically the only child in the house and I would spend time when I was young, like playing drums and recording it on a cassette tape. And then I would listen to it Mm. back. And so this is like the adult grown up version of what I used to do back (laughs) then. Um, And I think it's just when I'm working on these things is when I feel the most um, myself and the most, Mm. it's just when I feel the best. And so it's really Mm. about um, giving myself the chance to feel that way more, I think. And, I've always been someone who, if I have a little goal that I'm working towards, I tend to be more engaged. And so Mm. the idea was, okay, I'll set this goal to make this project. That'll help me make sure I stay engaged in it and, and thereby helping me feel good. Got it. But I'm just, I guess I was also curious, was there anything that prompted this, like sparked it to like, you know, like for you to pick this back up, something that you had been doing in the past. And now you're like, now I want to actually do this. Um, I can't say there was any like very specific event. I do have a couple of close friends who are much better musicians than I am and are also like Mm -hmm. doing it in a professional capacity and Mm. seeing them get to work on fun, exciting things. Um, I think that's an influence on me too. just seeing other people that I'm close to work on things that they love. Uh, makes me want to do that too. Okay, cool. Got it. Um, how's it going so far? Like, what have you, what have you been able to do? Are you making progress? Um, any struggles? So I, it's been kind of a long-term project where it'll go through these little stretches where I'm working really hard. And then there Mm -hmm. will be these kind of long stretches with nothing at all. Um, I'd, you know, I think when I first started messing around with this stuff, it was way back in COVID. And so I had mm. a lot of time at home. And mm-hmm. so I was messing around with stuff. But then as we kind of came out of COVID, I went like months with nothing. Um, and then I would do the classic thing where like at the start of the year, I'd say like, okay, now I'm going to really um, get after this project. And I'd work really hard for a few weeks and then it would kind of Mm -hmm. fall away. And so that's been kind of the pattern over the last couple of years, I would say. Okay. Got it. Uh, I can relate. Yeah. I've, I've definitely have had a few projects like that. So, uh, (laughs) great. And so now it's like, okay, now I want to actually be committed and actually get, get it to the finish line. Is is that right? Yeah. And honestly, your podcast was a, a part of that. It was like, you know, I've been reading you for years and years and years. And then it's like, oh, there's a podcast. This is great. And the whole idea was let's pick a project to work on. And I thought, oh, this is great. I've kind of had this project laying around. Maybe I can um, take some of these things from the different episodes and try and incorporate that into working on it. So that's brought it more to the forefront of my mind recently. Yeah. Thanks for being open to like actually, um, you know, taking something that's real to you that meaning means something to you and, and, and working through some of the stuff in the podcast with it. Um, yeah. what's, uh, 
So what have you noticed uh, has been helping in terms of like what we've talked about in the podcast? Uh, and then like, where are you getting stuck right now? Sure. Um, I think um, in terms of helping, um, you know, the first couple episodes of the podcast were about like picking a project and which I kind of already had. And then about mm-hmm. like getting kind of excited and revitalized about the project. And um, mm-hmm. those that episode helped me quite a bit. Be Like, why am I wanting to do this? Kind of the questions you're asking now. And it was really like this. This makes me feel good. I feel most like myself. Mm. And so that really helped me say like, okay, that's why I'm doing this. Um, and, uh, and so that was very helpful in terms of roadblocks. Um, probably the main ones I run into is I feel like time is, is a problem Mm. for me. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I also struggle, um, a little bit with some of these kind of, um, imposter feelings like um i'm not a professional musician i've never worked on record i'm not i don't know how to mix and record things yet super great um and so i there's some doubt self-doubt and also worries about what are other people going to think of these things if anyone ever happened to listen to it (laughs) um like uh i I, I'm, i'm sensitive to kind of other people's opinions about things And if we were to focus on one of these areas for like one is time and the other one, like I don't have enough time. And then the other one is, um, you know, I have a lot of these kind of self doubts and imposter syndrome stuff. Um, is there one that would be more helpful to you, more powerful? Probably the, probably if resolving the kind of self doubt piece, um, I've taken some steps to try and, carve out slots of time uh for me to work and i've been doing okay with that the last few weeks um but i think as i get further and further into it the doubts seem to be kind of creeping in more and more that makes sense okay got it so we'll we'll focus there and actually i i think you're instinct is right because uh it's it's rarely an issue of time uh, yeah, I, I was just talking to a relative who, um, had been wanting to start this, a side hustle. He had like a regular job and he wanted to start a side hustle, uh, mm-hmm. for years. And then he had the opportunity because he, I, he, um, I think he got laid off or a buyout or something like that. So he had like a year and a half with no job. Uh-huh. And he's like, I had all the time in the world. So time was no longer an issue and I still wasn't doing it. <laughs> so uh, I, th- I thought that was such a great illustration of how like we, th- we think the issue is time, but it's rarely that. Like even if you had all the time in the world, you would still be uh, struggling. And so yeah. uh, the time is like actually a great excuse because like, oh, I don't have time. I'm busy, you know, which is true. Like I'm sure you are busy. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, but it just makes it easier to say no to the thing that we're scared, like we're feeling some fear around. Absolutely. Um, so let's take a look at this fear. So if uh, if you were to put, let's say you put your music out into the world, um, is it is the fear like people are going to be like, who does this guy think he is? He's not a professional musician. He's not even that good. 
Or is the fear more like crickets? Like no one says anything, there's no response at all? Either of those? It would definitely be... Well, between those two, it would definitely be closer to the first one. Um, If... Okay. If it, if it was just crickets and nobody even noticed that these things were there, I, that would be okay. Uh, but if people okay. um, had a negative reaction, um, oh, this doesn't sound like it's done very well, um, this doesn't make any sense, or this or that, I, that's much more what the fear is about. Okay, got it. And um, what would there, like, if you imagine, this is your fear, not your rational brain but uh so if you can imagine the worst thing the most judgmental thing they could say about you like what do you think it could be um i think it would be along it would be something along the lines of kind of what you were just saying it it, it's a um i I, my least favorite feeling in the world is feeling stupid (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it would be something along the lines of this is ridiculous that that this is out there. Um, you have you obviously don't know what you're doing. This is just ridiculous. This is just stupid that you're pursuing this. It would be something like that. Yeah, I can I can relate. I was just thinking about a time recently where I was feeling a lot of uh, uncertainty and fear around something where I felt um, stupid. Uh, the word that I was using was inept. Like I didn't know what mm-hmm. I was doing and I was just bad at it. Uh, and really interestingly, like people who are really smart, like you are, um, like one of the fears is like, oh, I'm going to be stupid. Or people who are really good at things, um, it's like, oh, I'm not going to be good at something. I'm going to be incompetent, inept. Yeah. Um, one thing my coach um, helped me to see is that that's a story. Like inept is, is the example that I was looking at, which is like it's a story, a narrative about a certain uh, set of feelings, um, or a sensation and experience. Do you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a story I'm telling yeah, myself. Like, yeah. I'm stupid, but there's, you know, if you were to have the actual experience of feeling stupid, it, feeling stupid would be a, um, that, that narrative about the feeling. Cause it's not the, the feeling isn't that you're stupid. It's just a, a sensation in the body, right? Right. Like logically I understand I'm not actually stupid, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. There is a story and feeling that, um, that I'm telling myself that characterizes it that way. What would the, well, what would the feeling be? Like, let's say that you have a story that I'm stupid in this moment. Like right now you're just stupid and I, I feel stupid, but then what's the actual, like, sensation or, or experience? Um, like physically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it would be like, um, kind of like, it'd be kind of in my stomach a little Mm -hmm. bit, like, like, um, like anxiety in my stomach. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if there was someone else around, I, I could, what I can imagine myself, like not make like poor eye contact. Like I'd be looking at the floor. Like I wouldn't want to engage with somebody else if they were around, um, kind of an embarrassment almost. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, mostly in like the kind of stomach 
area physically, I guess. Yeah. Okay, great. And is that a familiar feeling to you? Have you, have you noticed that feeling in other places? I, I do notice it sometimes. Um, I was kind of saying earlier that like, I'm really sensitive to um, what other people think about what it is I'm doing. That's something I've been mm -hmm. kind of working on myself. And, and um, if I'm in a, I'll just, I'll use one of my kids, for example, if I'm one-on-one -on -one with one of my kids, um, things go wonderfully and we just have like a great connection and things are mm. great. Um, but then if we go out into the world and there's other people around and my child is inevitably doing something they're not supposed to be doing, I get sure. really uptight about other people thinking that I have kids who don't do what they're supposed to, that like it reflects badly right. on me as a parent. And so as soon as there's an audience, I can get really sensitive to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can relate. Uh, I think any parent can relate to that. You know, it's, it's a, you, you like, you want them to reflect well on you, right? Like, you know, pe people yeah. would be like, wow, what a good, good parent he is, you know? <laughs> And when they're not, it's like, oh, there's what a terrible dad, you know? Um, right. Yeah. Like that's yeah. what I imagine they're saying. Right. When the reality is no one's paying any attention to me whatsoever. But in my head, they're all paying attention. <laughs> but you so you're what I'm getting is that you actually um, you feel the same kind of experience, the anxiety in the stomach in that moment. Yes. Yep. Okay. So it is, it is familiar. You like, you can notice that it shows up in other places. Yeah, I can, I can notice it when I'm feeling that, um, that judged, embarrassed, I'm not doing good enough type feeling. That's where it shows up. Yeah. Okay, great. So what we're distinguishing here is the, um, the, narrative we have, the story that we have, like how we're labeling it, like, I'm feel stupid, I'm stupid. And or I'm a bad father. Um, and so that's there's that. And then underneath that is the actual experience, which is just a sensation, a set of sensations, let's say, you know, some kind of anxiety in the pit of your stomach, anxiety is actually also a label, but I get it's hard, hard to like describe these physical feelings. So like, I, I get what you mean by that. Yeah. Like for me, sometimes it's a, a tightness in my chest. Uh, for other people, sometimes they'll like feel like, you know, like some lump in their throat um, sure. or warmth, you know, somewhere. So these are all physical sensations. None of them actually have any meaning, but we give them, our brain gives them meaning. Like, ah, I feel really stupid. I'm a bad father, you know. And so then we create significance uh, from that feeling. So it's just like, oh, I don't. I don't like this feeling. I feel stupid. I don't want to ever put my work out into the world. Right. I don't want to right. ever do this again. Like you learn a lesson because it's really significant. So like, just never do anything where you <laughs> might feel stupid again. Right. You probably actually learned that lesson uh, at some point in your life. I would assume I have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, Oh God, I feel like really, really stupid. And like, okay, don't ever put yourself out there unless you know, you're really good at something first. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're, we're distinguishing between the 
narrative about the feeling and then the actual sensation of it. And then what we looked at was what I was just talking about was that we make it significant. And then from that, uh, we want to like, we might even create a set of rules or like boundaries of how we can not actually ever feel that again. And if you've had that experience in the past, which you said you assume you have, we can guess that's showing up here where it's just like, okay, don't put yourself out there unless, you know, you know, you're going to be really good at it. Like people are going to really praise you for it or think you're smart or awesome or, or whatever. And so you don't have that certainty with, in this case. Is that right? No, not at all. Um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Like as I'm in my basement, um, working on these songs, um, I feel great and I, and I'm excited and, um, I think, wow, this sounds wonderful. And then I'll, um, you know, just to kind of get a different perspective on it, I'll save it to my phone and then I'll listen to it in the car and I'll be like, this sounds terrible. It's awful. <laughs> and, uh, and I think just because it's just one step closer to being in the world and, yeah. And then the criticism, the self-criticism starts to rile up a little bit. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, it's like, like, it might be great with like wandering out into the unknown, but as soon as you get closer to the cliff's edge, your defenses go into like overdrive. It's like, put on the brakes, get away from there. Like you don't, you don't deserve to do that or you're, you're not, it's not going to work out. Um, who are you? Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we've been looking, so we've distinguished a little bit about like what's going on, you know, the fear of, of being stupid would be your big one probably. And there's probably some other related ones um, that are similar, but let's just say this is a, one of your biggest ones. I think you've actually said that, right? Okay. Um, actually, let's see before we, so let's keep distinguishing. So what does this, so this fear this, and this narrative about yourself of not looking, not wanting to look stupid. Um, what does that have you do? Like, is there something that, that, that you do from that? Uh, I, I don't like to feel that way. And so the urge is to run away from that feeling as fast as possible. And, mm -hmm. um, and I, and I think that's what these long stretches of me not doing anything are related to. I might, I might be going okay. And then I'll, I'll kind of bump into something I don't, I'm not very good at. Like I need to um, mix something in a certain way, which I don't know much about, or there's a particular mm -hmm. musical passage that I don't have down yet. Um, and I'll just kind of say like, well, I just need a, I just need to take a little break. I'll tell myself something like that. And then that'll turn yeah. into like three months. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Okay. So the first one is just like, take a little break. You're like, you're feeling the stuff start to build up. Maybe the, like the pressure of the fear, like, mm -hmm. you know, take a break and then like, keep taking a break for three months. Um, is there, is there any other action that inspires? I'm actually, I'm not sure. So I'm just, so let's just say that's the main one. Is there another? I'm not sure if there's another, I mean, I'll, when I'm, when I'm not working on it, I'm doing lots of uh, distractive things like watching YouTube Distraction. or, you know, I, I, I'm, yeah. uh, 
sometimes in those times I'm doing these other things that are not really productive at all. Sure. And are you like thinking about the project at the same time or is it completely out of your mind? Um, it's usually completely out of my mind. Um, it okay. will kind of nag at the back of my mind, like, Hey, that's a thing you said you were going to work on and you're not doing it. Um, like I'll have, uh, that'll be kind of going on during those times. And how does that, uh, how does that feel when you're like, re remember, you know, like the back of your head, like there's this thing that you should be doing. Uh, how does that feel? It doesn't feel great. I guess I would say, um, you know, that I think in your most recent episode, you talked about self-trust a little bit and, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and that, uh, that's rears its head when I'm not working on something I know I want to. And it, it's like, you know, if you had a friend who was like, Hey, let's work on this project together. And then at the last second, they canceled uh -huh. every single time for three months. You'd be like, this is the worst friend right. ever. Um, <laughs> no trust. Then, yeah. Yeah. And then you're doing that to yourself or I'm doing that to myself. Um, I think over time you do start to lose some trust in your ability to see this thing through all the way to the end. Yeah, I can relate. Uh, okay. So, um, the way that this goes, if we're like, kind of like, look at how it plays out, right. Then this is, it sounds like it's played out for you like this, at least a few times, not just once. Um, so it's like fear of looking stupid or being stupid. And so you feel that, especially as you get closer to actually putting something out. And then it's like, I need to, I feel like kind of overwhelmed by that fear and then take a break. And then the break stretches to three months. You're distracting yourself. And at the back of your mind, at least once in a while, is this idea of like, ah, I should be working on this. Uh, you said you were going to, you're not doing it. And then like a uh, erosion of trust in yourself is kind of how we've laid this out. Am I, are we getting it right? Does that sound like how it goes? Yes, that sounds like how it goes for me. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And I'm sure you're not the only one. This is why we're actually doing this coaching call recorded so people can relate to this. Yeah. So yeah, if you're actually watch, <laughs> you definitely are not. If, 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 um, the worst case scenario, it's a club of two, me and you. So, okay. Excellent. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I would say I would probably, I would guess our club is in the millions, if not, you know, a good, good portion of the world's population. So, um, and then what does that create? If we looked at like the kind of life that creates the results that creates for you, um, like what, what's on the other side of that in terms of the life and the results it creates for you? I think it just kind of saps the um, spark out of life a little bit um, where it just kind of starts to feel kind of dreary. Um, go to work, come home watch TV, go to bed, do it all over again. And so by avoiding and not engaging in the, these, you know, this project or hobby that I enjoy, it just starts to feel kind of drab and monotonous. Mm. Got it. So it just like sucks all the joy and life out of your life. Yeah, I, I guess not all, but certainly that, <laughs> a good, certainly a good that amount. little uh, certainly everything around that, uh, activity is gone. 
Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Obviously, I'm sure uh, when your your kids are around, you're uh, feeling pretty good, and maybe once in a while, your your wife. But uh, <laughs> but in general, in general, uh, uh, you know, around, especially around um, this area, it sounds like it sucks out a lot of the joy and fun, um, all the like aliveness that you really want. That maybe music actually has you feel, right? Right. How does it leave? Looking at like, you know, I'm not able to actually put my music out into the world or create it in the way that I want to. Have access to all of this aliveness and joy. Um, how does that leave you feeling at the end? I think just kind of, um, you know, kind of empty and um, dejected. At least around this, um, you know, I'm a I'm a person who throughout my life, like has kind of been an achiever. I guess that's kind of an identity trait. And so yeah. then not seeing something through doesn't fit with that part of me. And you just feel kind of dejected around it. Yeah. Not seeing something through, not being able to trust yourself. Um, yeah. Not able to like achieve what you, like you're someone who can achieve. Like we really, I really get that. Like this is not, it's not like you've done nothing in your life. It's not like you can't actually uh, get stuff done or or do some do hard things. But in this mm-hmm. area, like that's not true, uh, or at least you're you're. It feels like you're not actually able to do that. And have you? So if you remember back in the beginning of this journey, so I'm kind of, we're kind of like laying out a journey here. Like I'm afraid of, I want to avoid feeling stupid. I don't want to feel stupid, and so I'm. Um, you know, maybe I'll do it for a little while, but then I need to take a break, and then I stop doing it. I wrote trust in myself. Um, I like I uh, feel less aliveness. I feel dejected, and and so does it feel like? What do you notice here? Like, does it feel like you've actually avoided the feeling of being stupid? It's almost like you've swapped. You know, it's almost like I swap feeling stupid for feeling. Um, unaccomplished or, or something it's like just yeah. it's almost like trading one kind of negative feeling for another i guess uh, but obviously that must mean that the unaccomplished feeling must not feel quite as bad as the <laughs> feeling um, maybe do, do, does you, it is that true you wouldn't make this I don't, I don't know if it's true or not but uh, you know i guess that's why make the swap if if one of them's not a little better than the other i don't know okay i'd like to speak to that for a minute because um I I actually don't think that's true. Uh, so, you know, and I'd love for you to like, you know, test this out. So I'm not here to tell you I have the truth and what you're saying is wrong. Um, but my in my experience, actually, we it's like, um, you know, the, there's a famous like marshmallow test where like someone wants the thing right now um, mm-hmm. and, and can't have delayed gratification. And so... Um, in my experience, that that's actually what's happening in, in this. We're avoiding something right now, but we're actually giving ourselves more of something later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's different than the marshmallow test, but you, I, I, I hope hopefully you can get the kind of idea of like right now, like, I, you know, it's not that I'm trading one on one. Like I, I understand what the tr- swap is that I'm making. Mm-hmm. It's actually that I'm just avoiding it right now because this, this, this is what's in front of me. And then that avoidance actually gives me maybe more pain. And actually, usually in my experience, it's actually more of the same thing that I'm avoiding. 
Uh, so I don't know if that's actually true in your case. Like if you actually feel stupid as you feel unaccomplished. Um, but, but often that that's how it is. Yeah. I could definitely see the, the truth to that, that yeah. Say saying I'm going to work on this thing, even if it's just to my wife and then nothing ever materializes from it. Yeah. You probably, I'd probably end up feeling kind of stupid about that. Even by avoiding the feeling, I'm kind of creating the same feeling, I guess. Yeah, maybe even more. Like then if you just like let yourself put it out there into the world, um, you might have felt some, but actually we would drag it on, you know, in your case for years, right? And and definitely in my mm -hmm. case as well. And so it's like actually I'm giving it to myself like over a prolonged period of time. Uh way more than I would have if I just like did the thing, you know? Sure. Yeah, if I had just uh, recorded yeah. this and put it out in six months and that was two years ago any emotions yeah. around that would be long gone by now yeah i mean ideally sometimes we can yeah. hold on to that as well but like if someone like you know says like that's the worst piece of music i've ever felt heard you'll feel it and ideally like you know it, that would be a momentary feeling of stupidness maybe you'll hold on to it for you know a few days a week or something like that but um mm -hmm. You know, not necessarily for years. Um, now, of course, that could happen too, but the, we're, we're getting a little bit lost in the weeds here. So the point <laughs> is that we're, by avoiding it in the beginning, we're actually giving ourselves more at the end. And in fact, um, the way that I've been taught this is that it actually reinforces it. Um, sure. We actually reinforce the original belief that we should not look stupid. I want to avoid looking stupid. We don't understand, we don't see like how this is actually going to give us more of it because this is not like laid out in the way that we have here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So having laid it out and kind of distinguished like the, how this goes for you, I'm wondering like, you know, how this is landing with you or and like anything you're noticing. Yeah, this is um, making a lot of sense to me. Um, and I can see... Um, that um, I think I might do this in other areas of my life as well, where there's mm -hmm. something I want to work on. I don't quite get to it as quick as I want to. And the, uh, the feeling I might be avoiding, um, whether that's feeling stupid or some kind of discomfort or, or something, um, that just over time, you end up getting more of exactly that thing. So you're not really avoiding anything. Right. It feels like you are in the moment. Like it actually mm -hmm. feels like you don't even have any other choice sometimes. Yeah. Thanks for seeing that. Thanks for getting it. So the gift of this coaching that we're doing right now, uh, at least up to what we've, you know, what we've done so far is um, to be able to distinguish all of this, to be able to see it so that you know, like, oh yeah, right now when I'm about to avoid, you know, working on the music or putting it out into the world, uh, you know, that's how it usually goes for me. And I can see, like, I'm doing the thing that I've been doing for years now. And that's not to judge it or make it make you wrong or bad. It's a very human thing. You're protecting yourself, right? right. And so you can, but you can see that it's happening. And if we're, if we have awareness of the system, uh, with the protective system, then we can like see it w in the moment when it's happening. Like right now I want to avoid doing my music and I'm like afraid of feeling stupid when I, you know, you might not know that uh, normally, but now you'll see like, oh, there's my fear of being stupid. 
mm-hmm. and um, it's happening and here's what I want to do, like go take a break, you know, and here's how it would usually play out. And if it does play out that way, you just watch it happening in real time and you can be like, yep, it's happening right now. And yep, I feel more dejected and, and stupid than ever. Um, and so you just watch it and you kind of just, you let yourself um, experience it. And the more that you let yourself experience it, the less power it'll have. You'll be like, oh, okay, it's happening now, it's happening now. And after a number of cycles of it, you actually might be able to choose something different. Um, you could do it, you could choose something different immediately, but even if it doesn't go different, even if you're able, to, if you can't get out of it, just having that awareness is actually a huge gift and actually like removes some of its power. Yeah, I can, I can see it. You know, I was, I'm jotting little notes to myself here. Um, Great. You know, thinking about, um, you know, that I'm noticing, like, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm noticing that feeling in my stomach. Oh, I, I, that's, I, mm-hmm. I don't like that feeling. Um, and, and up to this point, I've been kind of interpreting those feelings as oh, I'm feeling stupid or unaccomplished or not very good. Um, I think right there is the difficult like pivot point about um, yeah. telling it, telling a different story. And so I, what I, what I appreciate about what you're saying is you don't necessarily have to like immediately come up with a different story that you could just watch it mm-hmm. play out for a little bit where, you know, I, I think a lot of people are like this, kind of a fixer type person. I want to fix it right away and get after it, but I don't, I don't have to, um, I don't have to do that necessarily immediately. Awesome. That, yeah. Great work. Um, being able to like, see that. Yeah. There's actually nothing that needs to be done in that moment. If you're just in it, you know, if the, the only thing you ever do is distinguish, I have a story, I, I have a fear here. First of all, just that I have a fear right now, and maybe even like I've a, I, I think it's the fear of being stupid. Um, if you just see that, that will already put you in uh, um, much more awareness and choice. But the second <laughs> thing is, if you're like, oh, the, it's a fear of being stupid, but underneath that, it's just a feeling of, you know, something, you know, anxiety in my in my gut. Um, that distinction between the I, you know, I'm afraid of being stupid or I feel stupid right now. Um, versus like, it's just a feeling in my gut or chest mm-hmm. or throat or something like that. Mm-hmm. That will actually be really huge because then you can just be like, oh, I can just feel the feeling. It's like not that big of a deal. Actually, if you feel that feeling of anxiety in your gut, like, you know, next time you're out with your kid in, in public, right? Uh, you know, like feel that feeling. Uh, your kid will give you plenty of, of gifts like that. Like, oh, I get some, you know, some practice here. When you just fe- just feel the feeling, it's actually not the worst thing in the world. But again, we make it really significant. So it's just like I need to like, you know, calm my kid the f, f down, you know, and like have them, uh, like you know, like behave perfectly and like not be a kid anymore. So like, that's what that's what you do from like making that feeling really significant. But if you're just like, oh, it's just a feeling, and the more you practice with it, the less significance it has. It's just like, oh yeah, I can I can be with that. Um, and in fact, as a father, I think you might get this. Whereas like when your kid is feeling anxious, and you can just, which is you know what they might be doing out in public, right? They might be feeling some anxieties, so they're like making a um, causing a mess, right? Mm-hmm. And so. When they're feeling anxiety, 
um, the more that we judge them and tell them to stop being that way, like that, I, that actually does not calm their anxiety down at all. But right. if we can just be there with them and like breathe with them and like let them know it's okay and we're there with them, they calm down over, you know, after a little bit, maybe not, you know, right away, but if they do. And so being with our anxiety in, in the stomach, the, the place where you've identified it is exactly the same thing. We could just like breathe and be with that. And it's like calming down our, our little kid. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree with that. Um, it, I'm always amazed um, that for myself, and maybe you notice this too, Leo, like I, I'm in a helping mm -hmm. profession and I know how to help mm -hmm. other people and I can see other people's, <laughs> um, you know, struggles and have lots of helpful things. And then, uh, then I can have the very same or similar struggles. And it seems like I'm just totally clueless about what to do. <laughs> and it's um, freaking frustrating. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and totally so I, relate. Just, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And I say that to people all the time, you know, these feelings are not going to last forever. You can't yeah. stay anxious for the rest of your life. Eventually it's going <laughs> to come down. Uh, but when I'm feeling that way, boy, it oh, sure yeah. feels like it's going to go on forever. Yeah, we we lose we lose all uh, sanity, kind of. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, no, I I actually think this is why every therapist should have their own therapist. Every coach should have their own coach. We cannot totally see it for ourselves. Um, okay, so we've distinguished a lot. We've talked a little bit about practicing with the feeling, and you know that loses its significance over time. The last piece, if you if you have a few minutes, mm -hmm. the last thing that I'd like to say is like. So there's a one way that you're, we could call it your default. It's like, I don't want to feel stupid. So I'm going to do whatever I have to do so I don't have to feel stupid. And we can see like how that goes. Mm -hmm. But there's a different way of holding this, what you're doing with music that could, um, that might feel more empowered. You know, you've, I think you've listened to the empowered versus disempowered um, yes. episode. So... So for example, if we looked at the worst case scenario, I put my music out into the world, people judge it, I feel really stupid. So, you know, people judging your uh, music right now is like that, their judgment of my music means I'm stupid. It's an interpretation, right? Yeah. And so is there another kind of interpretation of that, um, another way to view that scenario where you put your music out and people judge it? that um, would help you to feel more empowered? Um, I think, I think other people's, you know, if other people had a negative reaction, uh, a counterbalance to that might be my sense of accomplishment of having seen it through all the way to the end. Mm. Um, that, um, that perhaps if I ever got any feedback like that, which again, it seems unlikely, but if I did, <laughs> um, I, I could, I could fall back on the idea that, yeah, well, I liked it and I saw this all the way through to the end. Mm. And so I feel good about that. Um, that could be one way, I guess. Great. Great. Any, uh, let's just put, so let's come up with two or three. Uh, okay. Do you have any other, any other things like, so that, let's, let's say that's one possibility. Um, mm -hmm. Anything else? So let's say you put it out and I, I think it sucks. Uh, what's another way of looking at that other than you're stupid? Um, that's your opinion, right? Like, um, everyone's going to have an opinion about something. I, 
I would assume you've gotten lots of mail and comments over the years that weren't totally positive every single time. Um, and so people are just going to think what they think. Um, and that has very little to do with me or what I've been working sure. on. Is there any gift in my negative reaction to you? Um, it, you might be pointing out something um, that I legitimately could work on and get better at. I mean, that's a possibility. Okay. Yeah. So my negative reaction could be actually a part of your growth process. Sure. Yeah. There's actually an infinite number of ways to interpret it. But like another one, actually, one thing I like is when someone gives me a negative reaction, I'm like, you know what? It might not feel that great to get a negative reaction, but they were willing to, number one, read my stuff. Like actually take the time to read it. So there was something there that they, they thought it provoked something in them. Uh, you know, who knows what it provoked, like that causes this negative reaction. But it, it wasn't nothing. Like there, it wasn't like, you know, that, oh, that I don't care about this. They actually cared enough to like have a reaction and then <laughs> come and tell it to me. Uh, and which is like someone willing to like share their heart with you. Now, of course, they might not have done it in the best way. And, you know, there's lots of ways we could look at that. But they actually had a reaction, an emotional reaction enough to share with the creator of something that like your thing made me so angry, you know, um, and it's like, OK, well, there is an, a reaction there. There's like some kind of human connection. It's not necessarily the connection that I envisioned, but, you know, that's I don't get to control the uh, connection and the way that people's re people react um, when I put my art out into the world. Yeah, I love that. So, I, if I yeah. could bring that to, to these uh, to these situations, I, that would be just great. I, you just make it sound so easy, Leo. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's not easy. <laughs> I definitely have had uh, when people give me feedback. I've definitely had moments where I'm just like, ah. Uh, I suck or, or they suck is the other one. Like it's obviously their problem and they uh, have all kinds of issues. That's uh, one way to hold it. And then the sure. other is just like, uh, like maybe I should hang it up and like not do this anymore. Um, mm -hmm. But so I have to, I have to practice. I have to choose into a different stance. So yeah. it sounds like we've got like some on the table. Do any of these resonate as like, okay, if I actually had this stance, you know, um, it would make me feel more empowered and actually like creating my music and putting it out there. Yeah. I think if I could really do any of those things, I would feel mm -hmm. a lot better. I think, um, again, I hope I'm like a lot of other people in that as I'm engaged in creating whatever it is and, and struggling, it's like, I don't, I don't bring enough mindfulness or intentionality to what I'm doing to give myself the chance to have some of these other outlooks. I just kind of just go down the path. My brain always goes down and just mm -hmm. taking maybe some time to explore some of these other ideas that we've talked about would be really, really helpful. I just got to pause sometimes. Okay. Is well, uh, you know, we've looked at a few different of the stances. Like, do any of them? Like, is there any one that you want to actually try out? Um, I would love to try out the. Um, I, I I love what you said. This is just an connecting with another person 
it's not good or bad necessarily. It's just a, mm-hmm. Hey, I created something and now I'm having a connection with another human. Um, I would love mm. to bring that mindset to things. Okay, great. And, you know, and there isn't a right answer here. So if you try that and it doesn't work, you can go back to like, you know what, at least I actually, I like it, you know, <laughs> at least I like it or their feedback will help me in my growth process. Um, you know, and there's, a, you might come up with other ones as well. So sure. what we want to do is like try on a stance, not just once, but like, you know, I would say try it on for at least a week. And so you can say like, okay, I, I, I see the fear of looking stupid, but I'm actually going to try this stance of like, I'm making a human connection here. If, if I ever got a bad reaction. And so if I put this out there, I'm actually going to, I'm, I'm risking making a human connection, which is a really beautiful thing. Another, yeah, uh, by the way, another, another thing that someone shared, a coaching client today shared with me that I think she heard on a different podcast was, um, I am, uh, I was brave enough to try. And I really like that because it's just acknowledging the courage of just putting your, your heart out there, putting your art out there. And that's a courageous act, no matter what their reaction is. Like you were just putting it out there and being brave. And um, I actually really acknowledge you for that, Dave. Um, you have been brave enough to actually pick up this thing that has you know brought life to you in the past, really tried to work on it and struggle and you keep coming back to it and you're here getting some coaching for it, putting yourself out there here in this um in this coaching call and so i really acknowledge your courage um to actually create and you know dare to like want to want to put it out there i really appreciate that um it, it doesn't feel brave when, <laughs> a lot of the times but <laughs> having having that uh that message um that that's very nice of you to say. Um, and I, I've really appreciated, um, speaking with you again, I've been reading forever, listening now <laughs> for a long time. And this has been, thank you. Wonderful. Uh, I agree. I, I've really enjoyed spending the time with you. Uh, I actually hope you'll send me an email, uh, when you put something out there. Um, I promise you it won't be judged. I will just appreciate the <laughs> courage of putting it out there and just the, a fellow artist who wants to create something and, and have you know a good time doing it. Um, have some fun. I think that's okay. You that's got needed. it. I will. I will let you know when it is out in the world. Okay. Awesome. Also, while we're in this conversation, I'd like to tell you about my Fearless Living Academy, which is a monthly membership program that I've created. We've been running it for a few years now, and it has all of my best courses on changing your habits on finding your purpose, and on creating an impact in the world that feels meaningful to you. We have a community section. We have a monthly uncertainty challenge, which is really powerful, a way to dive deeper into this stuff. And if there's something that you want to create in the world, this is the place to go. So check it out. It's at zenhabits.net slash fearless, and you'll be taken to a page to learn more about it. Fearless Living Academy, please check it out today. <laughs> um, I want to thank you for coming on here. It's a, it's a courageous thing to come and get coached and, and have it be recorded for a podcast. So, um, I actually think this will help a lot of people. We've looked at a number of concepts from 
like just distinguishing that we have a fear and it's a fear of, in this case, fear of being stupid, uh, distinguishing the narrative about the fear from the actual experience of that fear, you know, the, the underlying sensations of it, um, how we make it significant and then what we learn to do from that significance. We've look, looked at how it plays out for you as a system and how it plugs back in and reinforces itself by giving you more of the same, of the thing that you were afraid to feel anyway. Um, and then we talked about just looking at, you know, just noticing it, noticing when it's happening and noticing when I'm wanting to take a break and, you know, feeling guilty about it. Um, and so that you can see that it's happening and then choose something else. And then finally, what we looked at was the idea of choosing another stance. Like I am standing as someone who wants to make a human connection by putting his art out into the world. And um, I think that's beautiful. And I want to thank you for being willing to take a look at all of this stuff and then like choosing into actually practicing with it and creating your art. I really appreciate that, Leo. I really do. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. If you found this episode useful, please share this podcast with someone you know who cares deeply. That would be really meaningful to me. And if you'd like to dive deeper with me into this work, please check out the blog at zenhabits.net or get in touch at leo at zenhabits.net. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll join me every Wednesday for more episodes of the Zen Habits Podcast.